Hello and welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep history alive at the community level. I'm Tara Barrett, ICH researcher with Heritage NL. In this episode of the podcast, we hear from Andrea O'Brien of Heritage NL about traditional wooden fence building in Newfoundland and Labrador. We also hear from Kevin Andrews of New Perlican about how to make a regal fence. Hi, Andrea. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Nice to be back. So this week we're going to talk a little bit about fences and traditional, I guess, fence building here in Newfoundland and Labrador. And I think one of the things that you're currently working on is updating a, a document that was made. Well, when was this document made? I'm thinking it was about 15 years ago. It was when I first started working with Heritage NL. Um, so it was a, I guess, a preliminary look at some traditional wooden uh, fence styles in Newfoundland and Labrador. And last year during COVID, um, in, I think on our Facebook page, someone may have posted a picture of fences and it got a whole conversation going, not only on our Facebook page, but on a local um, gardening and, and vegetable growing page about fences. So I had looked at the old brochure and I said, okay, this needs a little bit of updating, a little pizzazz, because it wasn't in color, it was in black and white. So last year during COVID, I started going around the Southern Shore where I live, uh, seeing what kind of traditional fences were left up there. And I found examples of every fence that was mentioned. And I started putting together a, a new updated brochure and it will be out uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks uh, with the addition of one more fence type. Uh, in the original brochure, uh, we had uh, wattle fences, wriggling fences, um, longer fences, picket fences and palin fences. Uh, the first ones being very uh, kind of roughly made out of um, longers and round posts and uh, sticks of wood and the palin fence uh, being made out of more refined wood. And since that, I did a, an archival search and found fabulous pictures of uh, these types of fences from all over the province. So there are going, some examples of those will be included in the new brochure. And I also found examples of, I, I call it a lattice fence for now because I can't really figure out what, if there's any kind of folk name on these fences. But they're basically sticks, small sticks on a diagonal crisscrossing each other. There's been a couple of suggestions of what they are. I mean, they kind of had the pattern of a modern day chain link fence, but they're made out of very small little rods of wood. So that's going to be included in the new one as well. So I'm looking forward to getting that out. And um, hopefully with the interest that seemed to be generated last summer, all these people were starting new gardens and trying to figure out, I guess, um, nice, decorative and sometimes traditional ways of enclosing these gardens so i hope that the new uh, wooden fence brochure will be kind of an inspiration for people to use some of those types of fencing again kind of a raised bed somebody has built uh, yeah a little a little raised bed planter uh, like it's a little tiny wriggling fence which must have taken a lot of time to make <laughs> with that small i guess i don't know what they use it like branches from Allard's or something like that but um yes yeah, so it's not and it's not, I've seen some too that people have used as kind of decoration 
um, some people who might have had like you know people have little signs outside their houses saying you know the O'Briens or whatever and underneath they have like a little mini uh, wriggling fence going around it to kind of you know set it off or whatever but hopefully um, hopefully this will inspire some people to uh, to do some traditional fences. For anybody who doesn't know what exactly is a longer? A longer is a long piece of wood but it's <laughs> it's not as wide as a post so a post is you know a more substantial round piece of wood like the trunk of a tree and a longer is also a, a mature tree but it's a it's not as round as what a post would be and it's longer <laughs> that you so your posts go in vertically and your longers then go on horizontally so I mean, most longer fences that you see will probably have three longers three courses of longers now I've seen some that have five, six, seven, eight courses of longers all running horizontally. Uh, if you make a wriggling fence, for example, that has a course of three longers and then you weave your skinnier wriggles, uh, which I, there's an old video from Mon Extension of Mr. Paddy Brothers in uh, Port Crone making a, a wriggling fence. And he calls the uh, little, the smaller sticks that you weave in and out, he actually calls them wriggles in it. So uh, a longer, you would weave them in and out through the, through the three uh, horizontal pieces of wood. Um, and then a picket fence would be um, probably two courses of longers with um, skinnier uh, straight sticks nailed straight up and down horse uh, vertically straight up and down that would be a picket fence and then your paling fence is wood that's actually been milled so the round posts have you know uh, back years ago they would be brought to someone who had a little sawmill or maybe people had like some kind of uh, little pit saw or something in the yard that uh, they would actually make them square so you'd have your square posts you would have um, flat boards like planks that would uh, run uh, horizontally on top and bottom and then you would have your palings that were uh, milled planks that ran vertically up and down and some of those fences were really fancy you know some people might have diamond shapes on the top some might have them rounded out some might have them so that they each uh, each were different heights and like little slopes cut in them I've seen some places that people had hearts carved in the tops of them like those were the fancy fences that people often had on the front of their properties a lot of the other fences were much more utilitarian like they are surrounded uh, vegetable gardens or they were used uh, those where people were making hay uh, a lot of the more you like rough kind of fences were used to keep animals out of places a lot of times rather than keeping them in because animals in a lot of communities were just allowed to roam free in the summertime and then once you had your hay caught in your meadow then you'd put your animals inside the fence in the meadow but the palin fence was probably a fancy fence that you had on on the front facade of your property you didn't waste gold wood you know around your meadows and around your gardens and stuff when I was thinking, when you were mentioning like keeping animals out, it made me think of um, a project uh, I did some work on a couple years ago in New Prolic in which they talked about 
um, and New Perlican had a lot of goats in the community, and they would wear yokes, which is yeah. Yeah. like a triangle that kind of the, the horizontal board kind of goes across the shoulders of the goat yeah and the purpose of that was so that if you know with all these fences if there yeah. was you know a small space they still couldn't get in yeah. because they would be kept out with this yeah. with this yoke and with the wriggling fence or the picket fence that had to be a pretty skinny goat to get through them but with the longer fence depending on how many courses of horizontal uh, wood you had they could easily kind of squeeze their way through those fences so they would have the yokes and the goats to to prevent that. Kevin Andrews of New Perlican learned how to make a wriggle fence by helping his uncles and grandfather make their own. Nine years ago, he and his wife Bonnie made one of their own to show their kids how it was done. In this clip, recorded by Katie Crane on July 15, 2020, Kevin describes the process of making a wriggle fence and discusses the use of nails in making the fence. Well, we cut the wriggles and they come out, and uh, you need some rails too for the for the weave the wriggles in around. You need one on top, one in the center, and one on the bottom. So you take the wriggle and you you bend it, and you go into the center one from the top, and come out to the bottom one, and that uh, plows the wriggle up, facing you. Then the next one you put in, you put it in on the opposite side of the center piece in the in the three rail fence. And you weave it the opposite way and put it in through the center and come down and come out through the bottom. So uh, each one, uh, every second one goes the same way. And there's no nails involved because, well, years ago they had no nails. So they used to make wooden dowels and they nailed the, the rails onto the fence, drive the wooden dowels in through the rail and in through the stake. And then they weave the wriggles in the way which I just told you and uh, you end up with your wriggle fence. But now, in the beginning, you've got to put the stakes down in the ground first, six or eight feet apart, however wide you want them. And then you start from there. After you get the stakes down in the ground, you drive them down through with a, with a wooden mallet. And then you start from there and put your rails on. And then after the rails are on, then comes the wriggle fences which you weave in through. And I was, uh, I'd done eight feet, and it took me eight hours, so roughly an hour a foot. And could you talk a little bit about the usage of nails? Because I know some of these fences wouldn't necessarily include nails, while others may. Yeah, especially, well, the one that used, that didn't use any nails at all was a wattle fence. All you needed for your wattle fence was your vertical posts and then your horizontal sticks that you wove around the posts, so no nails whatsoever. Uh, with the wriggling fence, you'd need nails to attach your longers, but then that was it. Everything else was woven in. And... I think sometimes people, and it's one of those kind of things we come across in folklore a lot, people trying to make up explanations for that. I don't think it necessarily had to do with the fact that people didn't have nails because I've done enough digging around in my own property and stuff that I'm finding nails everywhere. People had nails, uh, old square top nails. But if you could build a fence that didn't use nails, well then that was a saving on your nails. But also with... Um, the wriggling fence in particular that also provide a windbreak <clears throat> so if you were putting a garden um, around a, in, in a little plot of land you were creating then this what you know probably four foot uh, enclosure that was a really nice windbreak and you were almost like this little microclimate inside of of this kitchen garden that would have had a wattle fence around it um, so yeah it was I mean it would have been a big save on nails to make that kind of fence. And do you have a favorite kind of fence? 
My favourite is the Reglan fence, I think, just because um, um, I, I think it's ingenious the way that they've they made them to begin with. And it is, it's probably a tradition that came over when people emigrated and settled here. Um, and I realised, you know, just how much work went into it when I came across this video of Mr. Petty Brothers actually making one. Um, it was probably the most, it's way more labour intensive than building uh, a picket fence or a longer fence. But visually, it's much nicer visually. Uh, practically, for windbreak purposes, it's it makes a whole lot of sense, especially some places I've been, if you're trying to plant things. And I mean, I had plants last year in my garden that blew over in the wind. So if you're creating this nice windbreak, it's very practical type of fence to put around a garden like that but just I mean I don't know it, it seems to me like it was such a hands-on process and it was definitely an art to doing them like I've never made one I'd like to try to make one but I think you know easy wise I would probably just oh flick up a longer fence if I wanted something traditional because that would be the easiest thing to do now if you want to take the rind off it it takes a little bit longer but I know it's just there's an artistry I think in making a Riglan fence. And I guess if anybody is interested in, in learning how to make a Riglan fence, one of the workshops that uh, Heritage NL is putting off over the summer is a Riglan fence workshop and that's taking place in New Perlican on July 17th. Yeah, so it's, it's next to an area that uh, we, we helped Heritage New Perlican design a few years ago. It's called their Heritage Landing. Uh, which they had kind of modeled on an old fishing stage. Uh, they wanted a place where people could have uh, like a little rest stop, uh, where they could probably have some outdoor events and where they could do a little bit of interpretation. So we helped them design Heritage Landing, which uh, the base of it is kind of built like the cribbing of an old stage. Uh, then there's a, a platform where you can hold an outdoor concert if you want or if someone's just driving through New Perlick and they can sit there and have a snack. Uh, it has two walls so it's not an actual stage, it's kind of a representation of a stage. And when you open the stage door and behind there's an interpretation space, it's a lovely space down New Perlick and it's in an area where people have started to um, put back a lot of fishing stages. At one point it was surrounded with fishing stages but I guess over the years there were less there but now people are building new stages down in that area and as part of Heritage Landing they're going to be displaying uh, a boat there and the Riglan fence is going to be built um, um, kind of as a backdrop to the boat that they're going to have on display and that's going to be uh, a workshop sponsored by us and uh, people can come and learn how to make their own Riglan fence that day. In the next clip, Kevin Andrews talks about the different materials that are needed to make a Riggle fence. He also discusses why he made this particular kind of fence and how it's a good learning experience for anyone. Six about eight foot long and only about an inch on the round and they taper away to nothing so that you could bend them easy. And uh, we just went in and cut them with the power saw. They're very hard to cut with a power saw because they're very thin. So, But uh, there's a nice bit of work involved in it for sure. What kind of wood do you use? It is, uh, well, either spruce or fir wood, whichever bends the best. Well, both of them are pretty good. So whichever's the the most there in the area that you're cutting them, you take whatever's there because they still last roughly about the same time. 
probably 15 or 20 years before they rot out. So, but it is a, it's a long time fence for sure, and a very little cost. Besides the power saw that you said and, and the wooden mallet for driving the post down, is there any other tools you use? No, pretty well. Well, just the hammer drove the the pegs in the in the rails for to hold onto the stakes. Mm-hmm. But you need a pocket mixer to sharpen them out and probably sand them down to make them round the rounder they are for the hole. And the holes you to drill with a, years ago, would have just drilled them with a handmade auger. Mm. But now you got power tools. A lot easier now that way. But this about it. Just an auger and a hammer and a pocket knife and either an axe or a power saw. It's really the only four tools you need. So. And why did you decide to make this particular style of fence? Well, we were talking to the kids in that order years ago about all the regal fences that were around the community. And that was a lot of the reason why uh, a lot of the snow held up and you had so much snow around our winter long. Because when you get on May, the regal fence, uh, you wouldn't believe, but if you sit down behind the fence with a gale of wind and it was blowing towards the fence, you really don't find the wind. It doesn't blow through the fence. So I just want to show the kids that the, the type of fences that were around the community 40 and 50 years ago, because there's none left here now. So I just made an eight-foot section, that's all, and uh, just go uh, and have a look at it and just see the work that's involved and things like that. And, and what do you think needs to be in place for other people to to want to make these kinds of fences? Well, there's a... Uh, it's a good learning experience for anyone. You you know you really don't know till you make one and see the work involved. So just that uh, be good for anyone to do, especially if you had a little fire pit area and you want to make a probably a 20 or 30 feet perimeter for a windbreak for your fire pit or something. It'd be an ideal thing to do because there's very little wind blow through and wiggle things. The new type of fence that you mentioned uh, that you uh, that you wanted to add to this. Can you describe that one a little bit more? Yeah. So. The newer fence that wasn't in our original brochure, um, it's a kind of a, a crisscross that it, like I said, the only thing I can ex- explain it looks like it's kind of lattice that you find sometimes people put under steps or patios, uh, that kind of crisscross lattice made out of flat board. But this is a lattice made out of uh, kind of um, small round sticks. Um, I initially when I was updating the brochure I wasn't I wasn't thinking of including it but then when I did some more archival research I was finding pictures of this type of fence everywhere um, when Barring Park was first established I think that was one of the few types of fences they had everywhere in Barring Park but then I started finding pictures of it popping up all over the province when I was uh, doing some research and that's the thing when you do archival research, sometimes you're going in, you, oh God, you type in houses, you can find houses, but finding fences, so a lot of it is by accident. So I, I, and I think some of these diagonal lattice type fence I found by accident when I was looking for a picture of a house, a historic picture of a house. I'm like, oh, there's that fence. And so having found so many examples of it, and a lot of them from the early 1900s, well, that, that falls into my definition of traditional. So that's been over a hundred years now that people have been making those types of fences and are very pretty fences. I don't think they're necessarily the type of fence people uh, would use primarily for like around gardens or around meadows. I think this one might've had more. It's in between that kind of utilitarian and the fancy paling fence. I think it is a fence people used to make kind of a decorative impact in their property 
and I there's still modern day examples of people making those all the time so um, I don't know if I'll ever find out what the actual names are I, I put a post up on our Facebook page last week asking people if they knew what the name of this type of fence was and some of the answers I got were wriggle wattle longer picket I'm like no it's not a thing because it, it's not any of those um, but I did get some uh, some answers that were different from those which I'm going to look up I think crosshatch was one that someone used so I'm going to look up and see if I can I haven't found any in Newfoundland dictionary but that doesn't necessarily mean there's not a word for it because every word isn't in the Newfoundland dictionary but um, it will definitely be included amongst the traditional wooden fences because I've just found so many examples of it that even though it's a, a fancier rough fence I think it was definitely part of our tradition that's actually one that I uh, I think is gone now, but I you mentioned Barron Park. Um, up until a few years ago, driving along Waterford Ridge Road, uh, Barron Park had a huge one that kind of stretched from, I guess, kind of the first houses on the, I guess, would be the west end, hmm. um, down to, uh, I guess, kind of the entrance of the park yeah. where the pond is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's one that, like, sticks out in my mind. Yeah, and, and a lot of the earlier pictures of Barron Park, like I say, they're most of the fences are using are that style and another thing which someday I'd love to look at is all the old benches bench designs they had in Barron Park they were all made out of rough sticks too they were made out of rough sticks but they looked really nice when they were finished but um, yeah it's interesting to see you know how we've, we have gotten away from a lot of it just because of I guess convenience of having other types of fences and the durability of newer materials and stuff but in terms of aesthetics, I think those older fences will win hands down compared to any of the newer types. And during your research, have you found any, um, I don't know if this has come up at all, but it, has there been kind of any uh, regional usage? Like, does it look like, you know, say one style is more popular in one area or is it um, kind of spread out? Uh, it seems to be kind of spread out because I was thinking first maybe the Riglin would be um, just in certain areas but then I'm finding examples of wriggling all over the province um, yeah so I mean I think I think they're they're pretty widespread I don't think I've, I can say I found a fence that was just in one region um, and I'd say if something works people are going to be using it all over the place anyway if it's something that you know turns out to be durable and serves a, a certain purpose no I haven't found anything I mean, you see in some places, there's um, like at Harbour Grace, they have uh, oodles of iron fences. And I mean, there's some um, places that have more of a concentration, but they're not the only place that has that type, you know. And is there anything else that you think we should really, we should know or we should, you know, keep in mind when we think of traditional fences in Newfoundland Labrador? Well, it's one thing that I don't think they were necessarily, uh, people didn't put up fences to keep people out they put them up to keep animals out but um, you know fences now have almost become this kind of line that you don't cross this line this is mine and I don't think traditionally fences in Newfoundland were that because I can even remember when I was a child and a teenager some people had um, like little uh, styles in their fences that you could walk up or there was a step on one side and a step down the other 
you know, so even it was going through someone's land, they were still letting people have access through their land to other places. <clears throat> and I remember when I was growing up, uh, like all of my neighbors used each other's yards to go through with shortcuts as long as you shut the gate behind you. Some gates actually have had weighted stones on them or bricks so that the, the gate would shut on its own. And again, that was to keep animals out to make sure you had the gate shut. So yeah, they were more about, they were more about protecting your yard from animals or protecting your vegetables from being eaten. It, it wasn't a kind of, you know, a thing to keep, to keep people apart, you know? No, it wasn't, a, 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 I guess, a deterrent for, uh, like you said, like your land and, yeah. and your space. It was more of yeah. a keep the animals. Yeah, I mean, people were animals. marking their land, but they weren't as, I guess, territorial over their land as, I think fences now serve a more territorial purpose over land. More of an ownership thing than the practical function that they had years ago. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to the new publication with uh, with fences, and I'm sure people will learn a lot about that. And hopefully, like you said, it'll start those conversations, especially in um, backyard home gardening. And maybe we'll see more, uh, more like the one that we just saw, kind of the raised bed with the teeny yeah. tiny yep. wriggling fence, or, or who knows, maybe there'll yep. be a, a different usage for them. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. so. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Dale Jarvis of Heritage NL joins us to discuss the importance of fences in the landscapes of Newfoundland and Labrador. We'll also talk briefly about the heritage training courses offered by Heritage NL. Hi Dale and welcome to the show. Thanks Tara. Can you let me know why fences are important to Newfoundland and Labrador? Sure, absolutely. You know, the Heritage NL has been designating buildings and properties since the mid-1980s and the focus has always been really on uh, individual buildings. And we recognize that buildings really only exist in a historical context. When we look at historical photographs from the province, one thing that is, uh, is immediately evident that is missing today are all the fences that used to be around. It's really incredible when you look at some of these old photos, how many fences there were. It was a, really a part of the cultural landscape of, of Newfoundland and in Labrador to fence in gardens and to, to demarcate properties. So in addition to preserving kind of the big aspects of material culture, uh, fences are another thing that we want to encourage people to put back. And we know that we have traditional fence styles here that we would like to see preserved. A little while ago, we did a podcast with the Devon Rural Skills uh, Trust, where they are looking at um, kind of bringing back some of these aspects on the traditional landscape. Uh, and that's something that we would love to see more of here, uh, having more of these traditional fences around properties and, and outlining gardens, just to, to give kind of a nod to the cultural heritage of the past and how people uh, divided space historically. And I guess, what is Heritage NL currently doing? I know uh, Andrew and I talked a little bit about guess, the upcoming workshop, but I guess that's what part of like, it's a larger project. So what is Heritage NL kind of doing to work on those heritage skills? We have a project that we're running over the next two years, which I'm sure you will hear more about on the podcast, of uh, running training workshops. And the idea is to maintain traditional skills, both about the traditional uh, kind of building industry, uh, building trades skills like masonry and clapboard and wooden roofs and all that kind of stuff, 
Um, but we want to kind of explore some of these other technical skills as well. And two of the ones that we've identified are fence making, wriggle fence making. Uh, and then later on in the summer, we're also going to be doing some work around dry stone walling. Because we recognize that these things were uh, an incredibly important part of our heritage. And we're concerned that some of the skills uh, around building these things are in danger of being lost. So if we want to preserve these spaces and places and buildings, we need to preserve the skills that go along with them to ensure that these things can be made and remade. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Heritage NL, in partnership with Heritage New Burlington, will be offering a Wriggle Fence Making Workshop on July 17, 2021. Kevin Andrews and George Burridge of New Perlican will be hosting the workshop. This workshop is offered with the support of the Labour Market Partnerships Program, Department of Immigration, Skills and Labour, Government of Newfoundland and Labrador. For more information, visit www.heritagenl.ca and check out our training under our News and Events. Here we'll have a list of all our upcoming uh, heritage training programs. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening.